Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Raphael, welcome back. It's, a, it's another uh, monumentous, uh, uh, well, it's not Monday, but it's a monumentous movie Monday kind of week. Uh, yeah. And we're discussing a film that I feel like nobody I really know has seen, but I now want everyone to see. Absolutely. Uh, it's Michael Cernoski's Pig. Dude. I will start off by saying I've been not begging you, but I've been recommending this movie to you for like two months now. Yes, that's true. Like and in typical, typical me fashion until I saw it for three dollars. Uh, I didn't bite, even though it was probably three dollars then. Why did you pay? Bad. It's on Hulu. I don't have Hulu. You don't. You don't get Hulu through um, through the super official podcast that we do. Uh, they don't well, like, give it to to you for free. Well, now that we're about to give this movie a raving review, I expect Hulu to contact us and give us yeah. a life, lifetime supply <laughs> of subscription. Uh, but no, uh, I don't. So I rented it on Amazon for $3. $3 well spent. Worth it. 100% yes. worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually glad that I contributed a little bit because I was like, oh, I, I like here, take my money. This movie's great. Uh, I yeah, support to it. Jeff Make Bezos. More yeah. yeah, take it, take it, Jeff. Enjoy your fifty percent take, or whatever. One dollar, yeah, fifty cents. I don't know. Whatever. He need he needs more money. Honestly, he does. He does. He's face. He, he's. He, I mean, Elon overtook him, and now he's in second place, and yeah. you know he's moping. He's got to get to the to space and the moon or something. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. Um. So this is this this film, Pig. Uh, I feel like it's. It's gotten as much traction as it has because it stars Mr. Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. um, this is written and directed by Michael Sonorski. This is his directorial debut. Yes. Um, and the film uh, centers around Nick Cage, who plays this uh, hermit, let's call him for the mm -hmm. time being, named Rob, who lives out in the wilderness with his pet pig, and they hunt for truffles together, and he sells those truffles to his cuisine contact, played by Alex Wolf from Hereditary. Yes, that's the. I think that's a good setup. That's uh, a great of, setup. Uh, and ultimately, the pig gets kidnapped, and it's a story about Nick Cage going into Portland, trying to track down his long lost pig. Yeah, that's. I I think that's the perfect setup. Indeed. Some would describe it as John Wick, but with Nicolas Cage and a pig, instead yes. of Keanu Reeves and a dog. Indeed. And I don't know how much we want to get into it. If we want to like stay away from spoilers and stuff, um, but that's kind of like not an elevator pitch, but that's sort of the way that it's sold to a lot of people. Yes. To, to check it out. Um, and we were chatting about that uh, just a few moments here before recording, and it's interesting because um, it, it's it's like the only relation it has to John Wick is that a guy is trying to track down uh, slash get revenge for the wrongs inflicted upon his pet. Yeah. Uh, otherwise... Uh, I don't think it's like John Wick at all. So like I was saying to you before, I think it's interesting that a lot of people have compared the two. 
Sorry, I just had to take a dramatic pull from uh from my vape pen. Um, dude, I mean, yeah, dude, pig. <laughs> pig, dude, pig will do that to you. Um, it is interesting that it's sold that way. Um, and there are some similarities, and I think I want to say the main reason is and it's like kind of like the last duel effect of like if people truly went into this movie sort of knowing what it's about. I don't know if as many people would go ahead and watch it, even though it is, I'll just say it now, it's a worthwhile film. It's one that people should check out. Um, but by selling it as like a John Wick-esque film, that's just a way to pull in sort of a larger audience because everyone everyone knows John Wick. There's been like a whole sort of like sub-genre of John Wick style action movies that have kind of uh, that have come out in the years since it's something that everyone likes. So it's like, it's an easy, that's just a really easy sell to a general audience. Who's not interested in like this, like weird Portland based art house film. It's not really art house, but it is like this indie Portland flick. Um, I, I guess what's interesting about it is it sort of has this ethereal kind of otherworldly underground underbelly look into the cu- cuisine business, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, the the Portland like like fine dining scene. Right. Which looks kind of rad. I don't know if it's yeah. an accurate portrayal of, of right. what actually is going down in in uh Portland like restauranteering, but uh based on this movie I kind of want to check out Portland and like go to some of the restaurants. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting how it's sort of pitched to us via the fiction of the film. Cause like you're saying, whether it's accurate or not, what the film does that sort of has you raise your eyebrows and go, Oh, that's I, okay. Uh, is that it's almost like the food business there in Portland is like, uh, a criminal hierarchy. Almost. Yeah. Um, and we it's like see the same, that, yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say it's it's kind of like the like the crime underworld of John Wick, but just people who make food. Right. Exactly. And and we see that as a result of the value of his pig, uh, the people in the business that he deals with, his own reputation, mm-hmm. which is revealed to us in a similar manner to the way Keanu Reeves' John Wick character's uh, reputation is revealed to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's so great about that variation of storytelling is that we see and understand uh, the level that Nicolas Cage's Rob is at, or was at, in the past, Mm -hmm. and we learn about it via his interactions with people from his past. And that makes it all the more interesting and compelling. We don't need to see this guy being no. a badass to know he's a badass. We know he's a badass because of the way people interact with him. That's that's spot on. It's like uh, it's a slow unraveling uh, of the spool of like who this guy is, and we don't get we don't get flashbacks or anything like that. It's all done through very deliberate scenes and interactions with other characters, which. Like no matter what movie you're making, whether it's Pig or or John Wick or anything else, but like that's usually the way to do it is you sort of slowly start to kind of peel away 
at what's going on underneath as opposed to just like, okay, okay, here's this guy. He's looking for his pig. He does all this stuff. But now, so you can understand who he was before, here's like a couple of flashback scenes thrown in throughout. And the movie really, like, it that would have taken away from the story that is told if it was done that way through like flashbacks and stuff. And they can work in some movies, but I'm happy that this one doesn't happen because it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked for the way that this story sort of unfolded and, and developed. Absolutely. Um, ultimately for, for pig, it's, it's just not necessary because the point of where Nick Cage's character is at now, it wouldn't make sense for us narratively or from uh, uh, a character perspective sense to see him in any other state via a flashback other than the one he is in presently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a very dark place uh, for various reasons, aside from mm-hmm. just losing his pet pig. Um, and that those reasons have sort of pushed him from the cuisine scene uh, in Portland, but his impact on it when he was there uh, was so significant and heavy that even 15 years later, since he's removed himself from civilization uh, and now lives in the wilderness, he's still revered by his peers and competition. Yeah, and some of them not even peers. Like some of them are are like his proteges and people who right. he helped like sort of bring up. Um, I guess we can circle back on that later. I know we're kind of already in it, but um, I did want to start with, um, I say start with in quotes because we've already talked about the film a little bit, but I feel like the obvious place to start with this movie is Nick Cage and Nick Cage's performance because it's absolutely dynamite and he was totally robbed of an Oscar, at least nomination. He probably could have won, um, but like he's phenomenal in this movie. This, and the whole thing this, centers around his performance. This obviously. is the best work he has ever done, by far. Better than Con Air? Better than Con Air, and that's saying something. Yeah, uh, I've never seen Con Air. That's just the first Nick Cage movie that popped into my head. <laughs> he, um, he is so... Uh, he is so restrained in this, in such a good way, uh, he tells he 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 conveys so much through his eyes dude mm-hmm. uh, dude you love movie. eyes you love an I, eye performance i do love an eye performance i really do because that's where it all happens fuck what's being said uh i want to like look into someone's eyes and see their fucking soul um <laughs> and in this movie uh nicholas cage playing robin feld the uh the uh retired chef or whatever uh, he, his soul was right there in his fucking eyes. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why this material or this story or this character, uh, why he responded to it in such a way that he felt compelled to produce it and star in it. Mm-hmm. But he knows he has some inkling of what he's doing because he was perfect for this. I can't imagine anybody else doing it. It, it almost works as well as it does because, you know, these days Nick Cage gets that rap where like, oh, he's out of his mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. Um, but it works so well for the character. Not that the character's out of his mind because he doesn't act that way. Like, he's rarely raising his voice. He even rarely speaks throughout the film. He has mm-hmm. this very cool, calm, and collected atmosphere about him 
in spite of essentially wearing unwashed hobo clothes, <laughs> having a huge beard and long hair that is like yeah. clumpy blood constantly on his face. And a um, gut. And a huge gut. Um, it's like, it, you wouldn't even think it was Nick Cage. Uh, but it's just something about the material, I think. He, he's so tuned into it. Yeah. And he just, it's, I think it's such a excellent demonstration of when an actor really understands the job, uh, you know, yeah. and he just, he just rolls with it. It's, and it's, and the movie soars as a result of him and he soars as a result of the movie. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that the movie would have been, it so would have been pretty good if it was anyone other than Nick Cage, but like having Nick Cage in that main role really does take it to another level. And I have two, two quick points slash questions the first one do you think he actually gained all that weight or do you think that's a fat suit uh that's a good question he that's a really important question he he looks a little his face looks a little on the heavier side compared to usual so i i would i would say i think it's probably legit that's legit weight he legit got fat um the other thing though and like you kind of touched on this is that like, we know Nick Cage is as being just like a cuckoo out of his mind, sort of actor um, who's always yelling and his performances are like, can be pretty over the top um, at times. And I think the fact that that's sort of like that he's, that it's restrained and like, but it's always kind of there underneath the surface and it feels like it could bubble out at any point. And the fact that it never does get to that point is part of what makes this performance, especially for someone like him, so special. Like Nick Cage is in like that, he's in that class of actors where a lot of his performances are just like caricatures of a Nick Cage performance, like like Al Pacino or Christopher Walken or, or even like like uh like Jack Nicholson to like some extent. Like they're always like playing themselves even when they're playing someone else. Um and the fact that Nick Cage, like this late in his career, is able to to dial down the Nick Cage of it all, but also <laughs> retain, but also like in a weird way, retain the Nick Cage of it all, and always remind us that at any point, like this dude could snap and revert back to cuckoo, crazy eyes, Nick Cage, but never fully does. Is it's just it's it's amazing that he, like how he's able to pull it off and sort of like walk that tightrope without ever falling into the silliness that that it could have fallen into even when he, there are like a few times that he does raise his voice but it all it all makes sense for his character and where his character is at that point in time exactly and what you were describing is the highlight of the movie it is what makes both his performance and the movie itself as essentially uh, a, a character piece, shall we call it? Mm-hmm. It's it's why it's so effective as it is. Because every scene, you have the setup, okay, great. We've seen revenge movies be- before. We understand how they're set up. This is not a revenge movie, even though it seems like it could be early on. So mm-hmm. every time, every single scene is him interacting with somebody, wanting to get information, et cetera, et cetera. It's always a setup, and you always see him there in this with this quiet reservedness about him. And it's like it's he's like a wire himself, dude. He's like so tightly strung that he's like about yeah. to snap. And it's brilliant because, like you said, he never does. There, there's a scene where you're like, 
oh, he's finally going to kick some ass now. And this is getting into a little spoiler territory. I'm, I'm just going to mm-hmm. say broad context, not exactly where or why yeah. this is happening. But like, there's a scene where like, oh, he's about to kick some ass. And instead, he doesn't throw a single punch. He takes a beating. And that's how he proves his point. Uh, yeah. There's a scene where he um, where he wants to get more information about his pig from a former student of his. And you're like, holy shit, is this the scene where he snaps and like smashes yeah. this guy into the wine glass? It's like, <laughs> no. He affects this guy with his words. He mm-hmm. speaks to this guy's soul. Uh, and then towards the end, it's like, oh, is this the scene where he's finally going to lose it and kick some ass? <laughs> it's like, no. No, it's not. It's the scene where he cooks the fucking villain of the movie dinner. And yeah. that's how he affects the villain of the film. It's fucking brilliant. It's amazing. It, because, yeah, it, yeah, go ahead. No, go, yeah. Go, no, no, go, go. I was, no, I was just going to say, like, it is what, it, it represents everything about the character. He is a man, he's a chef, really, and when you think about it, it's just like, oh, this is what all great chefs are. They affect people with their work, via the goodness of their work. They love mm-hmm. what to do for whatever reason, but at the end of the day, when you cook a meal, when you're a chef, when you're a cook, you're creating something to be enjoyed by people. That is how you affect people. So it makes sense that his way of dealing with people is appealing to them is mm-hmm. like interacting with them at their core whether it's, like it's via connecting his language with them. or what he's making it's amazing yeah it's it's connecting with them on like an emotional on a on a soulful sort of level and i i kind of want to push back on something that you said that it's like that it's not a revenge movie because it's not a traditional revenge movie in that you know person gets wrong so they go out and like kick a whole lot of ass and like you know, they have their hit list and they're, and they're, you know, taking everyone out and killing people and crossing off the name on the list. Like he's not doing that exactly, but he's doing it in his own sort of weird way that, um, that is specific to this character because, because of who he is, because he's a chef, because of, um, of who he was in his past life and how he connected with people. That's also the way that he breaks them down. Like he breaks them down through that emotional connection through making them the most beautiful meal that they've that they've ever had and he is in a way going through all of like the list of people uh from his past life who have wronged him by being a part of this conspiracy to take his pig but he's just not doing it in the traditional revenge movie sort of sense where he's where he's killing them off in like sweet action uh you know set pieces he's doing it in uh, a sort of like intellectual way in an emotional way in a food way which is it's like the word like oh, a word that gets thrown around a lot for this movie or has been thrown around for this movie is is subversive so like it takes the 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 standard sort of trope and and structure of a revenge movie um and it does a lot of similar things but in a really different way and it all gets us to the same sort of end goal of him uh, getting revenge on these people who have wronged him, but just in a in a completely different way and one that we're not used to seeing. And it it works. It's super effective. I would say it's even more effective because, like, I don't know. I, I like to watch a movie that makes me like feel and think, as opposed to just like, "Whoa, that scene kicks some ass." Because the the scenes also do kick ass, even though they're not, you know, 
doing sick hand-to-hand combat. Ab- absolutely. Um, and that's just like, that's, that's, it's almost like every meaningful scene in it feels like that's what is being conveyed. Um, mm-hmm. And not in a sense where it feels like any scene is identical to the last, but they're all building upon each other in that mm-hmm. sense, in the, oh, look how you can affect people meaningfully, mm-hmm. as opposed to what you think uh, a movie would portray in yeah. this kind of a scenario. And in all um, those scenes, like, the tension is there. The tension is there between him and his and his adversaries. It's just not, it just doesn't play out in ways that we're used to with, like, over-the-top violence. It just plays out in a scene where he makes someone rethink all of the decisions that they've made and how those decisions like affect other people. Right. Absolutely. Um, and you know, what's sort of amazing about it too, is we see in real time how his interactions with all these people he comes in contact with, those are all viewed by Alex Wolf's character this young guy in the business too, who he was, uh, Nick Cage was selling truffles to. And over the course of the film, we see him change from at the start, this cocky sort of wannabe high roller in the food business to a very, uh, reflective sort of introspective kind of young man who now sort of understands the world in general differently than he had before thanks Mm -hmm. to just spending some time with this legend it's amazing it's it's such a that character is is amazing and like there's not a whole lot there for alex wolf to be doing but he does i don't know like, like you said like he does have this great character arc um, where he ultimately becomes a more reflective and introspective kind of person. Like he grows a lot. And the, like the way that we as an audience, like respond to him, uh, when we first see him in like his first scene to his final scene in the movie is just like completely night and day. Like there's no sympathy whatsoever for that character when the movie starts out. And by the end, like you're feeling with him and you're like crying for him and you want him you know, to not just succeed, but you want him to like, to, to find some sort of happiness through all of this bullshit that, that is around him. Um, I, I don't, I think that, I think like in a way, like as audience members, um, we're meant to identify more with the Alex Wolf character than we are with the Nicolas Cage character. And our journey kind of mirrors the journey that, um, that Alex Wolf is going on. Absolutely. He's, he's essential. He's our, He's our way into the film um, because, you know, none of us, you know, we can empathize with, you know, the way Nick Cage's character feels as a result of, you know, his one prized love of his life that remains this pig. We can, you know, we can understand that, but we're not, we're not all renowned chefs. We're not all hermits not who yet. live in the woods and not yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're not all hermits who live in the woods with their pigs yet. Uh, we, <laughs> you know, it, so like you're saying, uh, Alex's character is our bridge into the world of it. We sort of see uh, Robin Feld through the eyes 
of Alex Wolf's character. Uh, and I, you know, I think not only is he essential towards helping an audience into the world of the film, but like you're saying too, it's also wonderfully fe- fleshed out in terms of a character journey himself, even though it's not the focus. And he has yeah. a beginning, middle, and end. And we, like you said, we feel so differently, not just about Nick Cage, but about Alex Wolf at the end of the film. It's like, it's a complete 180 compared to where yeah. we start. It's, it's such a, it's just like, this movie is such a testament to like what can be done on a small scale with filmmaking and like good storytelling and good screenwriting and like solid acting of like, you don't need all of like, you don't need all the flash. You don't need all of the bells and whistles. You just need to, you just need to have people who are committed to telling a certain kind of story and like connecting with an audience on this, like, again, this emotional sort of level. Um, and if you do all those things and you do them the right way and you take the time to, to let them like sort of live and, and breathe out in the way that ways that they're supposed to, like people are going to connect to that. I, if you just say as a concept, a movie about Nick Cage trying to get his pet pig back through the, the underworld of Portland, uh, fine dining, like that, that, that sounds ridiculous. It sounds like all movies are made up, but that sounds like a made up movie. Like that sounds it, fake. That sounds like it, it would does. never it, work. <laughs> it sounds like a meme film. Cause it's like, Oh, Nick <laughs> yeah. Cage, it's a ridiculous meme movie. It's called pig. What the fuck is this about? Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a bad, like mad libs. But I, I don't know if I did cry, but I almost cried watching this movie in like several different scenes, which is not what I thought was going to happen. I did not think that I was going to walk out of this movie. Um, with like, with like my heart being ripped out. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I was emotional during it, kind of for similar reasons that I was during Soul, you know? Because I think the movie mm-hmm. uh, appeals to the creative individual and how they often feel out of place uh, in, for lack of a better word, our current society. Um, yeah. And how it's just like, not like none of this none of this really matters none of it's real like money is fake uh the hierarchy of business is fake um critics mean nothing mm-hmm. um it's all about what you care about and what you want to put out into the world um yeah. and if you care if, enough about it yeah people people will connect to it yeah. which is it's it's also like a weird it kind of made me rethink like i've always enjoyed not always enjoyed, but I enjoy like the food scene and like going to different restaurants and trying out different chefs. And you're usually just, you know, when you, when you have a good meal, you just think, wow, those were really good flavors that all tasted yummy in my mouth and in my tummy. But this movie makes you think about like the person who is behind making that and all of the care and dedication that actually goes into making a good meal. And like you said, in a way, like that is an art form um, that not everyone can excel at. But those who do excel at it, it's because they understand that that human like like connectivity um, sort of aspect of it. And it's a weird, not a weird, but it's like a cool, um, I guess, analogy or metaphor for just like art as a whole and like movies as a whole. Like 
if someone cares about the food, the meal that they're preparing for you, you're going to enjoy it more than just, you know, a bunch of workers on an assembly line at a fast food restaurant, the same way that you're going to enjoy a movie if someone cares, uh, cares about what they're making and ultimately the product that they're giving to you more than just an assembly line of like, here's Avengers Endgame. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. What, what I, I couldn't going? go the whole, the whole episode without taking a shot oh, at Marvel. Oh, we never can, nor no. should we. Um, you know, it, I think most people would see the comparison or even think it themselves or agree. Um, there is a particular scene where characters are eating and the purpose of the scene is exactly like the purpose of the scene towards the end of Ratatouille, where <laughs> some of the quote-unquote villains of Ratatouille eat this meal and what the meal means to them. Uh, this movie reminded me of that, and it just made me think about, you know, like what a meal is, like sitting down and enjoying a meal, having a meal with someone, the, the experience of it, what it means, the memories of that meal, what it means to then have that meal again later on and what that brings up. It's just fucking fantastic. And then like what it means to, to share that meal with people who you love. Like I I've seen this movie twice. The first time I watched it, I watched it alone um, and felt all of the feels in my, in my belly and in my heart and, and just everywhere in my body. Um, the second time I watched it with my girlfriend and her sister and like, they were both like, I don't know if I'm going to like this movie. And I was like, trust me, you guys are going to freaking dig this. And the joy of like sharing that viewing experience with them was special because I already knew what this movie meant to me. And then being able to share that with other people the same way, like you find your favorite restaurant and you go there you enjoy a phenomenal meal. And then you tell your friends and your family and your loved ones, you're like, yo, we have to go to this restaurant. It's amazing. And then you get to share that experience with them and you get to see the joy of them connecting to that meal or that piece of art for the first time while you get to enjoy it yet again. It's like, it's crazy how that stuff works and like how all of it is, is connected in this weird way and how this movie just like pulls all of that stuff together. It's uh, per perfectly said that that is uh, what it's all about. Um, and it's so funny because the thumbnail, the trailer, uh, the, the, the plot description, uh, the cast, uh, you just you would never guess that this movie is about that. Um, and so it's lovely in real time watching it as it slowly reveals itself to be about that. And you're surprised as a viewer, uh, you're warmed as a viewer, and you're excited as a viewer um, on the journey that you didn't even know you were about to be taken on when you get taken on it. Uh, and and, and it's, it demands that you go on this journey. There's no, oh, I don't really know if that's what it's about. It's like, no, that's what it's about. Yeah. This is what there it's no, communicating. There are no exit ramps, really, in this movie. Like, there's, yeah. no, there's no point in time where you're able to just, like, just sort of check out each, each scene really builds on the last one and you're like truly just like fully engaged and engulfed in this story and you have to get to the end like i can't imagine starting this movie and like turning it off halfway through because there's not enough action scenes because you thought it was going to be more like john wick right. um like it, it pulls you in and it locks you in and you, you gotta you gotta watch the whole thing it's like a good meal man it's like a good um, meal 
and on a, a slightly more, uh, I guess, material uh, note, it is mm-hmm. a tight 80, 85 minutes. God bless. Amazing. That's all. You don't need much more to tell a good story. If you, if you do have to go, you know, two hours, two and a half hours, if that's what the movie demands, I get it. Like, I, that, that makes sense to me. I'm willing to, to sit down with you. Not not you personally, but I'm willing to sit down with the movie <laughs> for that. <laughs> I, I guess I would sit down with you to watch it. Um, but no, it's like it's super nice. It's such a great reminder that you can tell an effective story in 90 minutes, and it can make sense. and And you you don't have to you don't have to add any sort of fluff to it. You don't have to add unnecessary scenes that don't make sense for the story that you're telling or the movie that you're that you're making. Like you could you can do it. You can make a movie in 90 minutes and it could be awesome. It's so exciting. I know. Do it more. I'm sick Please. of sitting there for two hours. <laughs> do it more. You don't, need, you don't need a three hour Batman movie. We can yeah. do 90 minute pigs. <laughs> I can't wait for pig two, man. Uh, two pig. <laughs> pigs. Pigs. There it is. <laughs> It's about it's about his uh, his pig's offspring, the twins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, a bit of trivia: I think the pig who is in Pig, um, unfortunately, she passed she passed away shortly after the filmmaking. Um, I think she had a, she had a tough time with the shoot, but she um, she did have some babies before, so we could do um, you know a sequel with with her babies because well, everything. Just, that- Everything needs a sequel, and we need to build it, out it, the pig universe. Yes. There's going to be a mini, a mini series about like the the bus boys in Portland and like all of their shenanigans. And there's going to be a a spinoff movie for the other chef. And Alex Wolf will get his own movie. You know, you got to build out the pig universe. Where Where do I? Where is the GoFundMe for the PCU, <laughs> dude? <laughs> the big cinematic universe. Where is it? Take my that's, money. <laughs> that's what we need, dude. That's the cinematic universe we want. Absolutely. Uh, I want more Robin Feldman. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I, I I got nothing on that. In all seriousness, it is awesome to have like a standalone ninety-minute movie that is just that, and like someone had a story to tell there's a beginning a middle and an end and they did that and there's like that's it that's all that we get and it's awesome and we don't need anything more it's refreshing to, it's to see something uh like that. yeah the movie the movie really i think is a complete package i didn't feel like there was much i would have changed save for maybe a couple of things but i'm not even going to bother getting into that i just don't think it's necessary um yeah. But I, I just think it's such a complete package. I think it's super unique. Uh, I think it's hilarious at points. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's immensely heartwarming. I think it's exciting. Uh, I think the script is dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's shot extremely well. I think it's acted extremely well. I think it's directed extremely well. I, I just think it's it's the real deal. It It is indeed the real deal. Um, I guess if they're like... There are um, 
like negatives that that could be pointed to but i don't know if i'm just sort of like throwing these out for the sake of of argument like it is a little like up its own ass and there is um there's like a lot of like like moralizing and and like philosophy that seems a little stuffy and like okay maybe someone read like one too many philosophy books um in their undergrad career um (laughs) But like for me, I I personally thought that it all worked within within the movie, um, like the way that it was all presented. But I could see that being one sort of just like criticism of Pig. Certainly, I think I think the reason it gets away with it, if it gets away with it, is because that's sort of what's going on in the bizarre mind of Nick Cage's character. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's yeah. who he is. That's what he thinks. Uh, it seems ridiculous and out there and a bit much to us. But yeah. once again, we don't have pet pigs or live in the wilderness. So it, it is go- going back to something you said earlier. It, it's also like this isn't like an exact representation of the real Portland food scene. This is a like an otherworldly. Um, not even fantasy, but um, I, don't, I don't know what the word that I'm looking for is, but it is, it's not necessarily of our grounded world that we live in. Like it needs to be a little out there in order for it to work. And all of that stuff makes sense within that context. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, dude, I just want to like stand on the rooftops and shout to everyone, like go rent pig, watch pig. Yeah, dude, I'm happy you finally. I'm, I'm happy you finally got around to to watching it, um, and I'm happy I didn't slip into like telling you what it's actually about and just letting it, like, just sticking with the tagline or the elevator pitch of it's John Wick with Nicolas Cage and a pig, um, because I think going into it, it is more enjoyable that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and the climax is a dinner scene. Like it is, it's amazing. It, it is, it is amazing. It's such uh, a bold choice. When it was happening, I was like, "Holy shit!" They made the yeah. climax of this movie fucking having dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Like that should not work. That should not work in any movie. Um, but it does because it was. This was done the right way. Absolutely, uh, Raphael. Sum mm. up your thoughts. Give me your rating. Tell me about Pig. Okay. Uh, well, you didn't ask the, the final question or the final part of that question, which you usually do ask, which is, would I recommend it? And I, oh, I've I already, already... I know the answer to that. I've already spoiled that I would recommend it. And I have mm-hmm. recommended it. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, I just... I don't know how to, how to cleanly s- sum this up. Um... I just think it's like a really tender movie um, that kind of subverts expectations in a really cool and unique way. Um, I think it's a great example of like the fact that we can still make and enjoy sort of uh, lower to maybe mid budget indie flicks um, that people will, will respond positive positively to and engage with. Um, Not everything needs to be an IP or, an extended universe or, you know, have a lot of, you know, glitz and glamor. Um, 
to be a cool movie. Um, I just like, I really respect that, that, you know, someone can just go out and make, make something that's worthwhile um, in, in this sort of fashion. So I, I think everyone should check it out. I think it's awesome. Um, all that being said, I think I gave it three and a half stars. It's like pushing four. Um, cause I really do enjoy this movie. Very but, well um, said. Yeah, man. What, what about you? Um, I echo your sentiments. Uh, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but like I said before, I think, uh, I think this is the performance of Nick Cage's career. I think this is the best work he's ever done. Probably ever will do, uh, better than national actually, treasure too. Just, just about, just about. Okay. Um, just by a, a slight margin, by by just a, a, a sliver of a truffle, dude. Um, Better than Gone in sixty seconds. Uh, I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't. I have no desire to. Uh, is John Travolta in that as well? No, that's Face Off. That's right. How where could they, I get the where they, they switch faces? Um, uh, funny you mentioned Face Off. I was about to say. Uh, what I said before, like that, I think it's the, the best um, performance he's ever given or will give. He, I read his AMA on Reddit uh, this past week, and mm-hmm. he says the same thing as well. He's like, he says, it's probably my best work. Um, and I agree with him completely. I'm glad that he has the insight to know that that's true, yeah. because I, I, I do think that. Um, and what's funny is someone commented on his AMA and was just like, uh, John Travolta, thanks for doing this. How, how has it been? Uh, you know, pretending to be Nick Cage <laughs> since uh, filming Face. <laughs> I thought that was quite humorous. Um, but that was pretty funny. Uh, I think the movie's fantastic. I think it has very little faults. Uh, I would recommend it to almost everyone, unless uh, the only films somebody likes are blockbusters. Uh, you, I, I can't see you enjoying this if you if you only watch movies for blockbusters, but that's fine. Um, I would probably, I probably, I think I'll give this film. I think I'm going to give it a four out of five. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think it's superb. High, better than highly, Mandy. Be- better than than Mandy. Mandy. Oh, I actually haven't seen Mandy, but I do want to. I think it's it's a totally different vibe. Also, a, a revenge flick. Um, right. But but that's him getting revenge on on evil demons from another dimension. Um, so that's more in line with like the traditional revenge flick. Basically, yeah. the same plot is big. Yeah, more or no less. dinner, no dinner table scene. But damn, that's that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, Raph, as I always say, what a joy to talk about a film we enjoyed. Both of us enjoyed. Uh, I know, dude. We've been kind of on a on a roll with movies from 2021 that are actually pretty good. Yeah, I I, I hope it stays that way. Um, yeah, we'll see. I guess. Uh, <laughs> That said, Raph, who the hell are you? Where can the people listening find you? Dude, I am the hell am Raph. Stit. And I can be found on the interwebs. I can be found on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Letterboxd. Talking about movies and all that good stuff. At Raph Stit. All one word. R-A-F-S-T-I-T-T on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Letterboxd. Michael, who the hell is you? And where can you be found? The hell I is. I'm Mike. You can find me on Instagram at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. That's R-U-O-C-C-O. Michael Romeo Rocco underscore is in the middle and at the end. You can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Michael underscore Rocco, R-U-O-C-C-O. And you can find both Raph 
and myself and the podcast proper at Straight to DVD Pod. That's the number two, Straight to DVD Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hell yeah. Dude, pretty sick. Pretty rad. Another good movie. Another good movie. Anybody listening, go watch it. You owe it to yourself. (laughs) Thank you.